This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite Double Tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. <laughs> oh, wow. It is I, Stephen Scott, with a cheering crowd. That must be artificial. Uh, we've got Marka for la 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 Hello! Hello! That's really good at tuning forward. Oh, wow. And uh, Sean Priest is here. That's why, yes. Come on, more. Ah, drink it in. <laughs> Hello. Don't you just love artificial sounds? Don't That's just not artificial, guys. This is practice. I hired an yeah. actual audience to join us this week to practice for our town halls that are upcoming oh, uh, at the see. end of uh, May. If you're in the uh, Regina, Saskatchewan area, uh, do let hey, us know. where are you from? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Do let us know, and uh, we'll, we'll set you up <laughs> with an invitation to join us for a wow. live taping. Is it going to sound like that? Of course it's going to sound like that. What? How, how else would it sound? Has anyone got the booze? No, 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 no booze, no booze. No booze, okay. No heckling allowed. We're positive. In, uh, yes, exactly. we are. We're <laughs> okay, someone take the soundboard I, away from okay. me. I think he's got the soundboard this week, and can we can we, can we, we get it back? Is there a way of claiming that? Ah, how's your week been, Mark? Uh, it's, been, it's been good. It's been good. Uh, I've been answering a lot of questions about people wondering what on earth... Elon Musk buying Twitter actually means for the world, and I don't really have an answer for it. My answer is I don't know. Like, hopefully, I don't. Know. I don't have no idea. I mean, that platform for me is such a. Uh, I would say it's dying. I know it's not because there's so many users there, but I mean, I, I, I just, I find it such a non-starter. Sean, how's your week been? <laughs> uh, yeah, fine. There you go. That's the proper way to do it, Mark. Yeah, it's been fine. Thank you. Move on. Well, you know, I, I've got to say that this whole Elon Musk <laughs> I thing. To, I don't is, want to talk about Elon again. I know we've got to talk about Elon because this <sighs> this has just been. Uh, I, last week when we were talking about this, it seemed like the whole thing was off, and it seemed like it was just a deal that was done, and, and that was the yeah. end of it. Um, and now he's bought the thing. Um, I do love Billy B on Twitter, uh, one of our followers to Double Tap Canada at Double Tap Canada on Twitter, who follows us and said, um, "I don't know why he's, he's paid all this money." For uh, Twitter, you could just have downloaded it for free from the App Store. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. It's very true. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I didn't think about that perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's like these people, these people in TV channels that say they spend all this money buying in films. And I'm like, you can get it from like the rental store. <laughs> you can go to Blockbuster, can't you? Sure. You know, why, still... why spending thousands well, I don't know about you, but I, I, like, I like owning copies of my movies, so maybe he just wants to. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's worried that he's going to get banned, and uh, the only way to really. You know, stop that, or or maybe he wants at Elon. That's the problem. He wants at Elon, <laughs> and he can't is. get it. And uh, and this is the way to do it: buy the company and say, you know, it's sorry, it's 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 mine now. That's I a, think do you know that's a great point. Maybe that. Do you know? Wouldn't it be no. great if that was just the reason? <laughs> can you imagine? He just wanted at Elon. If you got that much money, you can make things happen. I think it's just to get rid of that guy who keeps tweeting out his private jet um, schedule. You know that guy. He, he tweets out exactly where his private Elon's private jet is all the time. Yeah, but that, that oh, information really? is public information. It anyway. is. Yeah, he's not doing anything <laughs> nefarious with it. But Elon got in contact with him and said, "I will give you five thousand dollars if you stop." And the bloke turned him down. He said, "I'll do it for fifty or something like that." And uh, Elon said, "Fifty or a Tesla or a Tesla." Yeah, he that, said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so now so, he's just bought Twitter and get rid of him. It's so funny because this week I really wanted to talk about the metaverse, and we are. I think we should talk about this because essentially these these two stories go hand in hand because you have what is essentially being discussed here is the social construct. What is social media? What does it mean? What is it for? Uh, You know, Elon wants it to be a place where free speech can happen because apparently that's not the case. People are not already going on and saying what they think, guys. Mm. News to me. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the, uh, and you know I get it because people are being cancelled on there. People are being silenced. There are topics that are not being discussed, 
um, that have been actively avoided. And, and people are a bit sick of it, to be honest. I think people are being sick of being spoken down to and being told what they can and can't say. Um, activism has taken on a whole new world on Twitter. And I'm not saying that's all a bad thing. It's not. Most of these things, I mean, you know, let's let's be honest about it. We're talking here about being woke, right? Everyone's woke these days, or people are woke. Oh, I am awoken. I'm sleeping. I, I am not a, I'm not awoke. I am asleep. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm said. asleep most of the I'm time. Dozing. I mean, it's and you know, I, I again, it's like most of these movements they start off with a good intention, and I think the woke movement did start from a good place. It was about being aware of social justice, aware of issues. And I'm all for that, right? But of course, as usual, the loonies get hold of it and, you know, suddenly <gasps> wow. becomes this other whole thing. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit anti-woke these days. I'm a, this new <laughs> version of woke. woke Wait a second, point, I realize it. I just, I'm not keen on. It just clicked. This is actually a ploy just to get Donald Trump back on Twitter. Well, that... Who was, doesn't that, want that? Oh, that's definitely going to probably happen. And uh, actually, it arguably should happen if Elon's true to his word about free speech. Yeah, well, but he, Donald says he doesn't it. want to come back. Rubbish. <laughs> you know, he's he's happy on truth. He's he's not coming back to Twitter. Nobody's happy on truth. <laughs> Nobody's happy on truth social. That's uh, a dead app. Oh, Lord. That's going the way of CNN+. Plus. Yeah, he's but how gonna... many... <laughs> Sorry, you said... You said, Mark, about you know Twitter's dying. How many users has Twitter got? Do you think? Oh, I mean, billions. So, I mean, yeah, it's in the billions. But something that I find interesting that Elon mentioned was getting rid of the bots. I wonder how many of those are actual active accounts with real humans behind them. Um, I mean, it could be. Who knows, right? Yeah, it's. Um, hang on, I'm going to look for the. How many people are on Twitter in 2022? Uh, you'd think this. Would be a oh, quick it's... answer. Thirty three hundred ninety six million users. Wow. Yeah, I, actually, I thought it'd be more than that. Right? And how many? How many of them are? Because bots is a real issue on yeah, on all is. social media, but Twitter it especially. Is. I I don't know what that number is. I would I would argue and say at least five percent. Yeah. Ban the eggs. That's what I say. Anyone with an egg. Oh yeah, I'm against for them. a headshot. Easter's get terrible. Red. Yeah. Unless you're an actual egg, well, get off there. <laughs> I kind of the same shape as an egg. Does that count? <laughs> That's me in silhouette. How dare you? Oh, yeah, Lord. me too. Actually, I'm getting that way. My mum said to me once, she said, don't ever shave your head. You'll look like a boiled egg. That's the kind of encouragement you, you get in Scotland uh, <laughs> growing up. But... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm. It's interesting this one because, of course, the whole free speech argument comes up, and that's really what's kind of kicked up. But it seems to me that people who proclaim to go on about and want free speech are against this move. They're against what he is putting forward. They're saying, "Well, you know, we want free speech, but you know, not you know, actual free speech." Takes free speech the way we want it. Yeah, I want free speech with the way I like it. It's like you know, watching a TV show and suddenly, like you know. Rose and the Golden Girls going into a Nazi rant. You know, that wouldn't be appropriate on that show, right? But <laughs> no, that's really. kind of where we're at. You know, it'd be like, you know, you just don't want that to happen. Uh, and I, and obviously on the Golden Girls, <laughs> I don't want Rose to do that. Comparison. Please don't say it again. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not There's sure where this speech. comes from, Stephen, but this is... Um, this is <laughs> the inside workings of my brain. You want I this to might need to take over the, uh, the audio here and just the cut <laughs> Am I being cancelled? Is that what you're saying? Am I being cancelled? <sighs> It's typical woke Is there lefty. such a thing as free speech anyway? Without <laughs> consequences? I don't know. Well, that's well. ultimately, that's it, right? I mean, it's. I've often wondered about Twitter because I haven't ever been particularly controversial on Twitter. I don't think, anyway. I mean, other people will decide that for themselves as, as the uh, archaeologists of Twitter start I, reading yeah, through I, my tweets. I, I'm actually scared to be controversial on social media. Well, that's right. That's to it. Be that's exactly honest. it. Yeah. Because I've I've often thought about my future job prospects or, you know, employers. I mean, when you work in a company, oftentimes the companies have social policies around this. Especially now, you'll have a company saying, well, as part of the social media, uh, you know, if you're if you're tweeting or whatever on social media, even personally, you're responsible for those tweets. You could be held, you know, up to account for that. Well, I, I, I mean, I think heard, about that. How many times have we heard stories of people's social media stopping them from getting jobs? Mm -hmm. um, because of something they might have said or done. Um, I, I saw something recently on Instagram, I mean, or TikTok, I think it was, via Facebook, because everybody's now taking their TikToks and posting them on, on every other <laughs> social media platform. And it was yes. two Ryanair flight attendants, and they weren't doing anything bad. They were sitting there just doing some kind of dance with their hands. And it, it struck me as odd for a second. I'm like, I wonder if Ryanair knows they're doing this. 
and I wonder if they're okay with them doing this. Mm. Now, they were two, you know, beautiful, you know, attractive flight attendants, you know, um, so uh, doing nothing spectacular, but shouldn't they be working when they're doing this? I mean, they're on the plane together. Clearly, you know, they shouldn't be posting on social media. I, I, granted, I don't know when they posted it. They could have posted it after, but clearly they yeah. weren't serving me drinks when uh, when they were doing this. So <laughs> They should be fired immediately, Mike. No, but, Where's but, my peanuts and vodka? I don't, you know, I don't care that I don't care that they're doing it, but I guarantee you there are employers that would, you know, see something like that and say, "Wait a second, you're you're doing this on my watch." Yeah, yeah. but is that a bad thing? I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. Like, as, if I was if I was their employer, you know, what happened if someone complained on that particular flight about something, something stupid, unrelated, you know, something like, "Oh, but, but uh, you know, thing, I tried right? to get if the you... attention of someone," and and then they found out, well, you guys were TikToking during that time. You should have been. Tending to this VIP customer, the president of Ryanair was flying on your flight. You didn't realize it because it was yeah. a you know episode of Undercover Boss. Undercover, yeah. <laughs> or the Golden Girls, big fan. Or the Golden Girls. It was Stop Rose. It. Rose was there. Rose was the. Was, yeah, yeah Rose well, they was get there. a telling off. They get a verbal warning or whatever, and that's it. Everyone moves on, right? What doesn't happen is they get a group of you know, ten thousand people calling them uh, Nazis or whatever else, and they're <laughs> thrown off Twitter. I mean, you know, it's all about common sense, surely. But it is interesting because I, mean, yeah. I think we, we're kind of lucky in this way, and I know the term these days is privileged. Um, but, you know, I'll be honest, I am. I think we are as, as you know, a, a trio here because, you know, we don't work in real jobs. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this isn't real work. How dare you? This is, this is absolutely a real, real job. Work? I mean, what Mark does is real work. He actually does things. I just oh, talk. Yeah, what do I do? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you I, mean take, I do everything. You, you, you press the buttons. words. You take the words and you make them into something else. That's that at least you've made something. You know, I've, what did I make? Don't tell but, everybody that we're recording all this in Scottish. Stephen, stop. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah, I I make it. Yeah, Mark turns it into broadcastable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> puts it through the special Scotland filter. Um, but yeah, you know there are people who work in. And a friend of mine once got me on this. He said, you know, I work in a call center. Um, and he said, you know, we have to put our hand up to go to the bathroom or if we wouldn't pick up our phones, we would be sacked. You know, there's a world out there of difference to it's what true. we do. I mean, you Absolutely. know, Mark is, Mark is, you know, not only arranging new work, he's, he's doing other work half the time during the show. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to work out how to get Jaws in one ear so that I can get onto Amazon uh, during the show. Uh, I actually <laughs> once knew, I once knew a newsreader uh, in Scotland, actually. She used to uh, present the evening news. And uh, she was actually one evening, a friend of mine who also worked at the BBC with her. I shouldn't go any more detail than that. Um, but <laughs> she um, she was actually, she was furiously working on this keyboard during, like, in between. So she'd read the news and she'd say, let's go to Mark Aflalo who reports. Well, she was a woman, so she had a slightly higher voice than that. Although she oh, was Scottish. Scottish yeah. Let's uh, go exactly. to Mark Aflalo. Yeah, let's go to Mark Aflalo. We're live from Montreal. And then she's like on the keyboard, right, banging away on the keyboard. And he was like, what's, what's going on? What's he doing? What's she doing on there? So eventually the bulletin ends. He goes up to see her. She's, she's normally like out the door as soon as the bulletin's done. But no, she's still wh- whacking away in this computer. And it turned out she was on eBay trying to buy something. Bidding, bidding. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Look, bidding, bidding, bidding. Come on, just an extra pound. Or in Scottish, 10 pence at a time. You know, we well, don't want to move up too quickly. Spend she's a money. relaxed professional. There's nothing wrong with that as long as she's getting her work done. It's all good. But that's the point, right? In some places, that's not the case. But certainly, when it comes to social media, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a place you should be. That's it. Just, just leave it there. Place, should be a place you should be. And on <laughs> next week's edition of Double Tap Canada, thank you for coming. <laughs> what a brilliant end to that segment. Uh, right, stick around. Lots more to talk about this included and the metaverse. <laughs> this is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. (laughs) It is. And, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, we we do tend to drift a little bit from tech on this show. It has been known. um, And that's partly because of these topics that come up. Like, I mean, you know, so... (sighs) Technology has become such a part of our life these days. We talk about social media. It's partly technology, but it's part of our lives. 
It's where we all live. Social media is definitely technology. There's no, it doesn't yeah. live anywhere else, does it? Yeah. We or did does a, it? Sean, we did a, Stephen and I did an interview yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got an upcoming show, uh, episode of Double Tap TV, uh, talking about travel post-pandemic. And we did an interview with this wonderful woman, this travel agent. And I reached out to her because she she's blind. She has uh, gone blind over the past 22 years. And uh, she helps people who are vision impaired travel and make travel arrangements and all that oh, stuff. Cool. And, and we, uh, you know, it wasn't supposed to be a tech related interview. It was really just I wanted to talk about the state of travel, you know. And I think travel in itself is kind of techy because, you know, you, you planes and stuff like that. And it was so funny because I didn't. <laughs> such a, such a tenuous. Yeah. Like, you know, travel's quite techy because of, you know, the planes. They've got technology in them. <laughs> Can I finish my story? <laughs> So Shoes. I didn't expect it to go anywhere, anywhere more than the conversation that it was. And 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 funny enough, she brings up on her own all these tech-related ideas on how to make travel easier, like bringing an Echo Dot with you and checking in online. And it was just, it was one of those situations where uh, it was just great. It was fantastic how how it turned that way. So yes, even something like that, you know, like a, a travel-related show becomes tech-related, and it's just it's fun to see how yes. tech is just infused in our lives. Stephen is absolutely right. There is no, you know, it's not a case of, oh, uh, that person's a bit of a nerd. He's into his computers anymore. Everyone is into tech in some way, right? It's not. It used to be back in my day, back in the 80s, if you could program a video recorder to, you know, record a, the snooker at 8 p.m., then you were a tech whiz. But now uh, everyone's everyone's got tech in their life to do it. The smartphone had a lot to do with that, you know? It's just putting that much, that much power in someone's hand. Uh, people realize just how useful it is. It's the one connection I think most people have to technology. Probably the most um, some people have is a smartphone because it is the way to connect with the world. And people often don't think about it that way. They don't think about them being, oh, I'm not, I'm not tech. Yeah, I just have an iPhone, an iPad, an iMac. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> yeah. tech. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, dude. <laughs> and actually, the, the interesting thing is we were having this, co- who it was, was it be you and I, Sean, or you and I, Mark? But we were having a chat about all the kit that we have, right? And in my little home office here. I don't have anything. Yeah, you've got got nothing in that room, I know. Talking to yourself. Empty in there. But the interesting thing was, I was having a look, because I've got a rack unit in my cupboard, and I've got all this stuff and all this gear. And then I go out this week, and uh, in a new segment called, or in an existing segment, or a returning favourite segment (laughs) called, What Stephen Bought This Week, um, I bought a new microphone, obviously. Because, you know, frankly... You can never have enough microphones. No, it's true. And I got this one. It's the Shure MV7. You're only, hang on, hey, hey, whoa, wait, you're only just guy <laughs> buying this microphone? I've <laughs> just got around to buying it. Okay, so you have to understand the history of this microphone. This microphone has become the de facto podcast microphone. Yeah, so I'm hearing, yeah. Um, it started in the XLR form because the original Shure, uh, it's not the MV7, it's the... Uh, what was it called? The the non any SM? Uh, oh yeah, the SM7B. SM7B. Um, yeah. Joe Rogan was using it in all his podcasts, and mm. everybody was copying Joe Rogan, so they were buying this microphone. And then they came out with the USB version. Not only USB, it has USB, it has XLR, it has a headphone jack on it, a beautiful tactile little uh, control on the top. It has become the go-to podcast microphone, and I must tell you, as someone who's in this industry, it is. One of the only microphones I recommend to people who are getting into podcasting or getting into voiceover because of, of several things, but I'll let you continue your story now. But I can't believe that you're you're <laughs> just getting your hands on it now. I'll stop talking. Well, where have you been, Stephen, is what Mark's saying. Well, I've got a good mic, so I've never really had a reason to complain. And actually, mm. to be fair, with my, uh, I've got an audio compressor, I've got a mixing console and all that stuff. <clears throat> and I just think... Well, I don't know if I want to go down the route of a USB mic. What would I use it for? But since our production flow has changed in the past couple of weeks and months, and it has. I mean, we've changed the way we do this. We used to use Zoom, and now we're playing with this thing called Riverside, which is fairly new to the game. I mean, it's certainly newer than Zoom, but it's pretty cool because it's kind of built for podcasting. It's kind of built for recording video it kind of does it all. Essentially, it captures local recordings. As you record your podcast, it captures all that locally and then uploads it to the cloud, and you can download the files afterwards. Um, Zoom is, is still a video conferencing platform, so you don't have a lot of those broadcast features in there. Um, you can get good audio, don't get me wrong. There's ways to make Zoom brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's... Um, I, I think we've been looking for something else. And the one thing 
that kind of got us about it is the fact that I can now plug in this Shure MV7 mic, and that's all I need. Yeah. I don't need any of this kit anymore. I will yep. also say, I will also say that if you're a, 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 I was say Adobe, I always get this mixed up, Audacity user. <laughs> it's just old habits. I always talk about Adobe Edition. Um, but if you're an Audacity user, um, I uh, we should put this in the show notes, actually, for people who get on the podcast. We'll put this in the show notes for people. We can do that, Sean. Is that possible? Can, is that, if is that if we remember, thing? then yes, definitely we can do that. Well, uh, let's, try we something cool. let's try something cool. It will happen. Sean, make a note. What, in real time? Yeah, let's okay, write something I'm, down I'm saying do maybe that. I should remember right, to okay. do this. Right, hang on. Okay, I'll yeah, do that. Let's get the blind guy to write something down. Carry on. Let's see later if he can read I, it. I, that would I've be got, hilarious. I've got my Apple Watch on. I'll make an uh, audio oh. note of it. You carry on. Oh, wow. That's actually very smart. Well done, Sean. I've started using my Apple Watch as well. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> after all these, it feels like this week is like the, the comeback. It's like retro week. I'm bringing all this tech back. But yeah, so what was I saying? Yeah, so we got the microphone. Got it plugged in. It's I haven't used, tried it yet, but the, my idea is that we can then just basically hook it up with USB-C and I can use this mic, and that's it. That's all we would use. It's incredible. Uh, so you recommend this mic? You think it's because, I mean, I, I've just plugged it in to Here's listen to why. what it sounds like. I thought it was sounded pretty good. And, you know, a lot of people come to me and ask me for recommendations. And so I, should really, I should really charge people for my time. Uh, anyhow, mm-hmm. um, that mic... Listen, when people want to get into podcasting, there are, you give you have a range of people. You have people who are in the business, who are in the media business. You have people who are just you know off the street friends or whatnot who have no experience. So you want the path of as least resistance to make it easier for them. You know, when it comes to a Mac or a PC these days, being able to plug a USB device, just plug it in, and it works, is is key. And this definitely does that. But not only does it do that, but it sounds phenomenal. It's you know it sounds just like the 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 non USB version, but it also is extremely directional, which means that when you're talking directly into it, regardless of what's going around you, if there's a fan going on, if there's noise, if there's street noise, it rejects a lot of that. It gets rid of a lot of that because it is so directional. It really gets what you're what you're talking about right here, as opposed to when you're talking further back, like on the microphones we have now, I can be about you know three feet away and I sound pretty good, right? because I've got mm. equipment doing that. On that one, it does a lot of that for you, but it also gets rid of all that background noise. So it is an all-around great microphone. It's not cheap. I mean, it's not the $60 Amazon special that you can get mm. because a lot of people are going online saying, uh, and this another conversation tangent for another day, saying, oh, you want to make quick money? Get into, go on Fiverr and sell your voice for $4 a, a minute <laughs> and buy this yeah. $20 Amazon mic. You can do it for $30 you can get going which is what's killing this business entirely. Uh, but this mic is a great one. It's a great investment, and uh, you should definitely plug that in. I'm surprised you're not using it for this show right now. I will I will use it next week. I promise you I will. But you, well, know, we, you know what I'm like. It, it means I have to disconnect everything, and I've got to uh, unplug all this stuff. And, you know, I've got to change everything. And, you know, I, I just can't just plug something in. There's Are you traveling anytime soon? Uh, I am. <laughs> well, this is a perfect, perfect, the perfect <laughs> microphone to bring with you for traveling. Because it works on iPad, it works on uh, iPhone, yeah. it works on your laptop. Uh, it's great for hotel rooms. Uh, it's it is a great, great all-around microphone. Get yourself a little Manfrotto tripod that you can really just kind of pack away, throw it in a bag, and you are laughing. <gasps> More accessories, yes, please. I'll right, I'll be on that right after the uh, show. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, actually, that was the thing I was going to go back to. The thing that Sean went off to do a note about, I suppose I should tell you about, because I just completely forgot all about it. So if you're in an audition, no, not audition, audacity. audacity. God almighty. <laughs> I've made the note already. You can't <laughs> doubt tell me. I've said Put something in show notes about something. Stephen said. Well done. Well done. That's excellent. What was that round of applause when you need it? Um, okay, so uh, Audacity, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can buy presets, right? There's a, a website that was on, um, and what they do is they sell presets that let you basically, it's a little macro, that's just a text file, really, that you import into uh, Audacity, and it will allow you to do certain things to your voice. So, for example, what I was looking for was a very simple way to be able to turn my recording into something you know spectacular to give it that kind of radio voice or the podcast voice or you know use for radio imaging or you know you can get all kinds of echoes and stuff as well you know a lot of these features already exist there are already settings you can go into on a, on any audio editor frankly but audacity in particular you can go in but oftentimes we don't know what we're doing 
with these. Sean, you and I have had this umpteen <laughs> times. A friend of ours, he does this all the time, right? He uses the compressor. And he just says, I don't know what it does. I just keep doing it. Compressor, 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 compressor. I just keep doing it. I just keep hitting it until it sounds vaguely different. Yes. And I, I don't think that's the way to do it, right? <laughs> I'm no expert. I, you can but, do, you know, but... Yeah. Listen, you, can. you know, yeah. uh, here's the benefit of, you know, software like Audacity and Audition or whatever you're using. A lot of their their effects have built-in presets that are pretty well ironed out for yeah. you. So if you, even yeah. if you don't tweak anything and you just go add compression, it'll kind of do what you want. It may not end up sounding exactly what you want, but what you're saying is, you know, people who out there who know a little bit more about what they're doing go out and tweak these things and then save them as presets and let you download them so you can actually get more out of them than just the defaults that you're that are there. And it was more than I thought because I was thinking it was going to be like a I see a compressor preset you're adding in, but actually it's not. It's a essentially it's a macro which is going off and it's firing off a whole range of different presets. So, for example, it could be the compressor, maybe filtering, maybe noise gate, maybe normalizing, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And it just runs through that process. I didn't know, know that was a the thing. sequence on, of events, right? Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing on Audacity, to be honest. Yeah. It's but really, it was really cool. cool. It was so nice. we'll put a link to the company where they sell it, because I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's a really, because, you know, what do I care? <laughs> but I'm not selling it for them. This isn't QVC. Okay. Well done. You bought it, so you will have to tell me where you bought it from so I can put that link in. But apart from oh, that, you have absolutely. To do that. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Um, okay, well, I want to talk about the metaverse. We'll take a little break. We'll come back and talk about the, the metaverse because um, you know, the whole Elon Musk buying Twitter, you know, people asking now what's Twitter going to become, I think there's a big question around what are these social networks? What do they mean? And how will they, how will they help us build a future in this new world of the metaverse. We're going big, to hell. big conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently we're the people to answer that question. Stick <laughs> around. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now back to the show. Right, let's get back to it. Let's talk uh, Metaverse then, because, uh, you know, I was reading this week uh, that somebody has gone out and bought, and apparently they're not the only one, they've gone out and bought real estate space, land, on the Metaverse, or in the Metaverse, I guess it is. Uh, okay. okay, can somebody explain this to me in words I understand? You've bought land in a place that doesn't exist with real money. Go ahead, That's Sean. <laughs> oh, thanks. It makes no sense. But, I mean, we laugh at it, but, hey, this is the um, this is the very start. This is the early days, you know? Those people that had 10 Bitcoins way back in the day, we laughed at them too. So who knows how this is going to pan out? It all depends on this metaverse if, if it's really going to happen. It's all these technologies coming together. I still can't envision it. I don't know how it's going to play out. I can't see You're how... the guy who yes, would but, not believe electricity until you were able to turn the, or push the switch in your own oh, house see. and see the light now, come Now on. we're changing it around that you are a metaverse champion, are we, Stephen? Is that what no, we're saying? I know it's coming. No, no, yeah, yeah. in what form? Is it going to take over the internet? Is it going to be the new way? Instead of opening your browser and going to Amazon or whatever online shopping website you want to go to... HTTPS, are you on. Yeah, who types that anymore? Who's going to just, instead of doing that, you're going to put on your virtual glasses, your helmet, whatever it may be, your VR goggles, and you're going to walk around to the virtual Amazon store and uh, try and re try and reinvent the physical supermarket, but in virtual form. Why is the benefit? Why is that quicker? Why is that more productive? I cannot get my head around it. I know you're waiting for me to say something, Stephen. Yeah. Right? Yes. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. Um, but here's my take, right? I think that, in a way, it's... it's cause, yeah, I, I, my first reaction when I saw that story about the guy buying the virtual land was... Was it a farm? Wow. Was it, like, a, a residential area? Uh, I, I'm curious about this metaverse. Was it farming? Like, did he have a, I, well, a cow? I, well, I read, <laughs> I, well, I read about... Was it Snoop Dogg had done some of this? Apparently he's bought some land, and people were... And, and apparently the price around the Snoop Dogg land was, you know, going up. Oh, my God. 
Is it? What um, are they talking about? Are, are these just like domain names? What are we talking about? No, we're talking. We're, well, I, I, this is what I don't know. This is what I don't understand about this because I didn't know this was even a thing yet. So this is Facebook like specific, isn't it? I think this is Facebook selling this spaces off it's in like their virtual metaverse. It's like Rollercoaster Tycoon, you know, comes to <laughs> the metaverse. You know, it's, it's, that, that's how it feels to me. It's like The Sims. We're creating The Sims. I mean, there is, there has been. I don't know if it's still going. But there's, there was for a long time. Remember Second Life? Yeah, yeah. But see, that's a game, right? And that's that was not... a game, and 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 that was a it was kind of a similar idea, though, right? Because you spent actual money in the game to buy land. Well, not much more land, buy land, but maybe a house. Uh, you would have friends on there. Some people had a different family on there. I remember watching a whole documentary about this with this guy. Yeah. He would sort of go off at night. He would kiss his kids goodnight. He would kiss his wife goodnight. He, they would go off to bed. He would go into his little study, shut the door. That's always a red flag. Yeah. Um, and then and the world and... would weep because <laughs> what a sad man. But, 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 but here's the thing, right? That, well, we'll get into this maybe in more detail in a sec. But the thing about the second life thing was what it created. Because, for example, this guy had a 14-year-old girlfriend in there. Um, and openly admitted that, you know. Oh, well, I mean, it was dangerous, dangerous territory. I mean, we talk about social media and having rules. God, where do you start with the metaverse? Well, right? firstly, I mean, arrest that man and take him away from his family. That is disgraceful. But, I mean, look, that that is a leisure activity. This second, like, people play uh, World of Warcraft or whatever it is, and I understand that. I play, what's it called? Um, what we've been talking about, crazy. Oh, the Night Manager. Night Manager on the smart speaker. I mean, I'm into that, and it's sort of this online world where you fight each other and that i get it and that's a leisure thing but what i don't understand is we're talking about this replacing the current internet in its form and i just i, I, I think it's it... fun i think it's further than that i think it's actually about recreating arguably the high street arguably the main yeah, but street that's, that's, you know why why does that make it better see you and i wanted to go for a coffee instead of just sitting here on on a screen looking at each other or pretending we're looking at each other uh we actually go to a coffee shop. You know, Mark and I would sit but in a coffee shop. But you still need to make your a... own coffees <laughs> to drink it at your own home. Yeah, don't we you put the goggles on so you could see each other, not on a window, make it and feel like you you're there to, in 3D space. Have you ever space. tried to drink with a headset, a VR headset? Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, you imagine going, oh, let's back. cheers on this. And we just Look. throw our glasses together and break our computer screens. The point okay. is. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Go on, Mark. There's no point because no one understands this. Here, here's what's happened, okay? There are multiple companies out there that are building metaverses or their own platforms. There's the Facebook or Meta, whatever you want to call them. There's, you know, the Roblox of the world. And, and what Snoop Dogg did is he got in partnership with this company that had originally was a game. It's called The Sandbox. And they mm. are a Roblox-style game where you can make games within the game and you can make your avatars and... 3D space and they have a marketplace where you can buy stuff and he partnered with them and he bought uh, basically a piece of land within this platform how that piece of land has any value I let's save that for another conversation with Chris Matthew but basically I was say it's back to NFTs and it's back to Bitcoin. well that's exactly it when it, by purchasing that piece of land he got an NFT an unfungible token that said this is yours this belongs to you and then mm -hmm. what happened was is that someone went in and paid $450,000 to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor his digital neighbor yeah. so they bought up the piece of land right next to Snoop Dogg now the, the where i see the metaverse have a play is in cases like where Snoop Dogg will use a platform to perform and create exclusive content for the world to consume, so you don't have to physically be there, but you can go to a Snoop Dogg concert or other artists he might promote or buy music from him that might be exclusive, something exclusive to that platform or to there. I can see a use case where someone says, oh, I'm going to go get this from Snoop. It's a cool, it's an immersive experience. I can pop on a headset and in 3D binaural audio space, feel like I'm at a concert. But that's a one-off to me. It's not something that's going to you know, build and grow over time unless these creators are constantly creating content for it. That being said, there's also the challenge about which platform is the platform that's going to ring through. Why would I spend money on the sandbox versus Meta, which is more established and has more money? Um, and, and then you start bringing in the NFT side of things, which I still have no idea how to really properly understand or understand no. how that gets intrinsic value. But um, 
you know, getting an NFT in return to prove that you own that piece of land, that's great until the company goes bankrupt. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Or so, someone turns the computer off. So I understand it. it. Well, that's but <laughs> but it's built on the blockchain, which means that there are copies everywhere. So that you know, unless the world turns their computers off, you know, then it's always going to exist in some way, shape, or form. It's that whole peer-to-peer kind of Napster-style mentality where we're computing um, without the need for servers, and we're just using the internet connection to send the information back and forth, and things are housed. All over you, the place. You're talking about it as a as a single entity. So, for example, you know, you go to a concert, you you go, and I think that well, I a one off right. event think, or something that yeah. will drive me there. I think that's how it'll start. But the way it seems to appear to me, and, and you know, I think it'll go to the next level, which will be you'll have a shopping mall, and you'll walk around or I don't know, move around this this shopping mall. Um, then it'll be meeting people. Then it'll become meetings. It'll become an in-work environment where you, you know, we, we we're don't doing that go already. into the office. But we're doing that already. Yeah, exactly. We are. But yeah. well, not we're not we're doing it already, but in, but in a very different way. So, you know, this way it will be that you're sitting at a table with people around you. That was the whole metaverse. But do we care? Proposal? Nah, no one cares. Well, I about don't. That. No, I, of course I don't. I tell you, I tell you where the use case I can actually see would be useful is that we still have the internet as it is now with websites and all that and apps, right? But you imagine going on to a. a, a an online, I'm going to say, if you go onto Amazon app, right, and you go to the clothing section, you just throw on your virtual glasses and you can actually talk to an assistant and you can Mm -hmm. try things on and you can actually see what you look like in it and then you say, yeah, I have that. And then, you know, this is all done digitally and then the next day your item shows up in the real world, you know? So I can see a a use case for that. But again, from my point of view, why do I care about that? It's all visual stuff. I, I don't care. How is that going to be accessible to me? I get 3D sound. I get the tactile nature if we get to you know VR uh, gloves and wearables. But at the end of the day, it brings nothing to me as a visually impaired person. So well, but you just, I, just, I think I you, just actually, you just made the case for how it helps you. Being able to go and connect with a human being, get more information about what you're buying, what that product or service is. Steven, you like going into the Apple store to, to play with stuff, but you like talking to people. Knocking things and over. And getting yes. some information about it and, and understanding what things are about and what accessories are there. Imagine you can go into a virtual store, connect with a human being, and have a conversation. I think, arguably, yes, I think we, we tend to um, revert to using text and emailing because we're just hermits at this point. Because we don't like talking to people mm. most of the time. Yeah, we, we say we don't like that. talking to people, but I think we do. We do like talking to people because yeah, we like talking people. to people that are common-minded and are fun to talk to and are have something interesting to say about what we're interested in. If you could find more people like that, I think you'd like to have a conversation with those people. And, and I think that's very true of blind people. You know, as much as, you know, yes, we all might be like an email list or whatever, you know, I think most of us do like to talk to each other. That's why places like Clubhouse became yeah. very popular yeah. haunts for blind people because you could talk to people um, that yeah. was a much, and, and also in a much more enjoyable environment. I mean, I think that's the key point. You know, Mark has hit the nail on the head here because you're you're able to get experiences, get better experiences, newer experiences with the metaverse that you wouldn't necessarily get. Uh, you know, I mean, for example, if we, you know, if, if you and I, Sean, decided to go shopping tomorrow, God help us, but if we decided to go shopping tomorrow. Oh, be and, gorgeous, yes. Well, well, we did. We once went to London. Oh, yeah, you dragging England. me around a train station at midnight looking for a sponge. I wouldn't yeah, count that as a shopping that trip. No, that wasn't the shopping bit I remember. I remember going into that big department store trying to get you perfume oh, yeah. for yeah. Your, your good lady for Christmas. That's right, Lynx, Lynx Africa. Yes. Yes. Oh, the one department store I went to in Scotland. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Um, the we went in there. store in Scotland. Yes. It reminded uh, me of like a giant Walmart. Walmart, except then he went to the basement and there was all the cool tech down there. It was really, really cool. <gasps> that was a great, oh, yeah. great story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's no longer interesting. Exist? Oh, no, it's still there. Okay. It's one of the few that's left behind. It was behind. a great, great story. I was, cute. I was concerned. Well, it was the last trip. time I was in it. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> that's my point. I don't go to these places anymore. And it's partly because, if I'm honest, as much as I sit here sometimes and I think, I'd love to go shopping. I'd love to go into the store. What ends up happening is I go in. I immediately get a headache because of the lighting. Yeah. I have to deal with all the where stuff is. If they've moved anything, well, that's that. Um, then you have to get a member of staff to show you around. They essentially talk you through it. And you think, I could just do all this at home on the website. And it's so much easier. And I, I can have a cup of coffee and relax. 45 minutes trying to find the escalator out of the basement of Debenhams oh, yes. in Manchester. Just listen out for the sound. 
It was a nightmare. I was anxious and I nearly had a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> it was like being lost in the jungle. <laughs> I remember I remember once in, in in again John Lewis but in a different one uh, and I hadn't been in this store before and the <laughs> exactly the same thing and I kept thinking I came down here there must be a way up there <laughs> I'm must lost. be a way out of this place <laughs> and because I couldn't find anybody because everybody was you know a, a, a shopper so here here's the thing I think we've we've nailed we've nailed it down is that if people can come up with unique experiences that didn't previously previously exist or are able to duplicate experiences in a new way. You know, if I can suddenly walk into certain boutiques that I may not have been able to have access to because they're halfway across the world and we're removing borders and giving mm. me an experience that I'm not able to get from sitting at home, the trying on things, the getting information piece with mm-hmm. ease, you know, because we can get information, we can Google, we can ask friends, but, you know, trying on clothes, uh, maybe trying on makeup. You know, I think there are certain industries that will definitely benefit from this. Um, I think all industries will benefit from it if they can find that unique point of view that makes the online consumption in in that more interactive way attractive. It's really interesting because I remember when my wife and I went to Paris for a, for a long weekend. Uh, when we came back, friends of us, friends of ours, had said. Did you go to the Louvre or did you go see the Mona Lisa? And I said, well, not being funny, but why would I bother? And yes. I said, oh, yeah, well, it's really busy, isn't it? There's lots of people and, you know, you, you can't really get that close. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if I was standing next to it. I wouldn't really get much from it. So what's the point of going through all that hassle? Just skip the queues and go for lunch. Have you ever <laughs> been to France? I mean, the food is amazing. Well, the thing is, I mean, you know, I online, you can zoom in to the Mona Lisa, right? How many? We've all seen it. Do we need to see it in real life? Do you know the size of the Mona Lisa? Do you know how big it is? It's tiny, isn't it? It's really it is. small. It is. It actually, it's uh, that's it? one of the most interesting things. You see, that's one of the most interesting uh-huh. things I did not know about the Mona Lisa because no one really talks about it, is that it is the size of like an 11 by 17 poster. No, oh, right. It is tiny. Right away. It is Just tiny. get it from the gift shop. Print out a new one. Yeah. <laughs> you know one. what? I quit. I'm done. Version. I'm out. <laughs> Again, uh, look, stick around. Uh, some feedback that Mark's not going to like. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you've been you've been upsetting people again, Mark. He doesn't know it yet, but yeah. <sighs> stick around. We'll get into that next. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Now back to the show. You know, normally when we get the emails in, I often think, oh, here we go. What have I said this week to upset people? But you know what? I'm really pleased this week because it's not me. It's Mark. Oh, this oh. Week. Hey, come yeah, on. You know what? It normally is. So <laughs> it normally yeah, is. It's, it's, it's getting that way now. It's getting to the point where it's, what has Mark, see, what has Stephen bought this week? And what's Mark said this week? That's where we're at. So you want to read this so, email? Is that what you're saying? We're waiting, Mark. Come Start on. with the one from Greg, because we've got two, we get two in That's regarding Elon one. Musk okay. in particular. I have yeah. not read this, so I'm going to react in real time. It's great. Okay, brilliant. That's good. Hi, guys. This is strictly my opinion on some issues you raised, although there's no accessible tech angle to my opinion. Okay, well, then the next email. Uh, free speech <laughs> is one thing, and in the United States, it is a guaranteed right. However, a post on social media is not an exactly individual speech. It is essentially published electronically by the platform. Publishers are responsible for their content and may be sued for false libelous statements, but social media platforms contend that they are not responsible for the content they publish and could not be held responsible for what individual authors, uh, what individuals author and they publish without editorial review. Okay. This has created a backlash as irresponsible publication has led to some societal issues of great import leading platforms to curb restrict some irresponsible posters from the publication platform. I guess Donald Trump's a good example. This is a gray area of law that's still being hashed out as longstanding norms don't completely satisfy the situation. Bear in mind that Elon Musk has on several occasions been fined for using Twitter to manipulate stock value illegally, but the $20 million fine he receives is a small one compared to the hundreds of millions he netted. Also, Mark, his Starlink is a simple exploitation of public resource of near-Earth orbit for commercial gain, meaning profit. And as Amazon and others are engaging in similar commercial projects, there will be a great damage to our limited orbital resources hurting society in many ways. Musk is very good at making money and very good at self-promotion. He is not so good for the environment. Awful for scientific discovery 
and his vision of a new apartheid society is truly appalling. I don't understand how you could idolize him so mindlessly. In my days working with NASA, it was a U.S. taxpayer-funded research for the good of all mankind. Now it's a royal mess that is surrounded by a planet with tons of space junk for the benefit of a few elite at the expense of us all. Do you really think hurting an electronic car or hurtling an electronic space served the public's uh, purpose to mankind? Regards, Greg in Pennsylvania. Something about the electric car. I think that was a waste of time. Didn't they stick um, like a teddy bear in it or something? But, yeah, yeah, it's like a big mannequin. Mannequin. Yeah, Mark, so why do you hate the Earth? Yeah. Why do I hate the Earth? Listen, I'm actually quite torn when it comes to the electronic car uh, thing. I'm quite torn on it. You know, I, I see mm. the the gas benefits, but there's also a lot of things to consider if you're truly trying to make an impact on the planet um, when it comes to any kind of, you know, electronic vehicle because there's batteries and disposal and parts and what are they made out of. You know, you look at companies like, like Acer or like Ford who are taking all the waste that they uh, generate from making vehicles and recycling it in 3D printing it into other parts for their vehicles, but that doesn't account for all the all the waste and all the other garbage that goes into the environment. So I can't, I don't think I can make a real educated decision there yet. And that's why I haven't gone out and bought an electric car because I don't think the benefits are there other than cost saving to me, which I think is more of a selfish thing um, to really, to really make sense right now in terms of idolizing Elon Musk. I don't idolize the guy. I couldn't, I mean, the guy, I find him extremely strange. Um, I do like the things that he is doing. I like the fact that, that although Starlink is there to make money, the fact that NASA, you know, uh, was running out of money and that the government said, okay, here, you billionaires, do something to help us and, and push the limits of what we can do has really accelerated things that NASA just couldn't do anymore. And I think if they could do it, they would do it, and they and they can't, so they so they don't. So if the result of that is space junk that's sitting there because of, you know, stuff that's, I mean, the junk was there before. We're just adding more to it. You know, I, I can't. I'm not, I'm not in space. No, I care. I mean, you know, it all affects our planet in some way, shape or form. <laughs> I'm actually amazed. You know, I th- try to think of these rockets going up all the time. How do you avoid all the all the crap when you're trying to fly to the moon? Like, it's like. Oh, it's all tracked, though, isn't it? And they, they did recently. Was it the United States recently said that they're putting a ban on uh, satellite destruction testing? Because, you know, if someone tries to, they, they actually, countries do test destroying these satellites. And was it Russia or China did one and, you know, it, it produced, they, they've actually got a precise number, 1,700 or something bits of, um, of floating debris out there that yeah. could cause an issue because they look, I mean, at I, I look, such at, a I look at the positive side of it, which is the places that, you know, the, 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 the countries that couldn't afford access to internet or infrastructure can now suddenly be connected. I but don't Ukraine, I don't I don't think about the cost of it sometimes because but, but think about Ukraine, right? I mean when when the war started, one of the moves made by Elon Musk was to move Starlink satellites across to where Ukraine is so that people and, and try and get the technology on the ground. He so actually he said he said the, the equipment the satellites are there, they're in orbit anyway. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. just he said I the equipment works, out there. Right? I, mean, I think that's a good guy pushes a button. That's an example of one humanitarian act, you know, of Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, I think that when you look Not at spending $45 million, billion <laughs> to buy Twitter, can you imagine what $45 billion could do for the world if that was... Yeah, but that's his money, right? He can do with what he wants. I mean, this I is know, the problem I, listen, this. I understand that, but it's, it's you know, I, I don't idolize the guy. I couldn't care less about the guy. I think that if it was someone else I don't else think doing you do. This... I don't think I would say you idolize the guy. I don't think I get that impression from yeah. you. You can admire someone, but, you know, I mean, I admired Steve Jobs. I don't know if I'd idolized him. Oh, definitely um, not. No. Listen, I my Bill I mean, Gates, but, you know, it's it's everybody. Yeah. I like I, I like the certain things that these people are doing, um, but yeah, no, you, you know, Greg, you're right. I don't consider all of the aspects of it because I don't necessarily know it or understand it. You know, I understand you what I know, do. and uh, I'd love to get Greg on and have a conversation because if he worked with NASA, then he has a different perspective. I'm curious Absolutely. to hear what that perspective is. So, Greg, uh, Greg, let us know how to get in touch with you, and we'll get you on. I know the answer to this problem, by the way. I know how to solve all this. And I've suggested it before. Nuclear no war. one listens to me. Here we go. I know the answer. <laughs> what did you say? Nuclear war. <laughs> well, that's the end result, I guess. Yeah. Um, Please. That'd be a lot cleaner. Um, but no. I, I don't. You know, wait, hang on a second. I think Greg might disagree with that being a lot cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> or no, anybody else, for that matter. 
Just get a big space rocket, tie all the rubbish to it, and fire it towards the sun. Why can't we do that? You know yeah. what? Yeah. That up. should be. You know what? You you actually nailed something there. I know that you're you know joking a little bit here, but at the same time. Um, you know, they should empower people like the same way that there was this competition to get to space, right? Mm-hmm. There should be a competition to clean up space. Yeah. What is a safe way to decommission satellites and get all this? Like, can you build a net that's in orbit that catches stuff and then, you know, another rocket that goes up and throws it at the sun? You know, like. <laughs> I think the, the sun blaster is the answer to all <laughs> our everyone problems. Stop throwing things at the sun, please. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we'll get rid of it. It'll just burn it up. It'll well, be, you don't it, know. Honestly, it's the ideal solution. The I need to go to another rant after, but it's totally unrelated, but it still has to do oh, with space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it has nothing well, to do with anything. Left. Oh, a minute left. A minute left. Next week. I'll give the rant. Might rant next, next week. week. Uh, but Picard. More <laughs> ranting. Oh, right. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, no, it's interesting. We've got a quick message from Rebecca this week, also on Elon Musk. Everyone's chiming in on this one. Oh, you want me to read it now? Is that what you want? That Sorry, requires, please. That requires me to actually have it in front of me, right? <laughs> yeah, that would help. Oh God, you know what? Uh, this is just this is just killing time. Keep filling. So difficult. How's that minute going? You still have a minute left. Is that what's going on here? It's, it's, it's ticking down. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm sure it is. I'm just sorry. I'm just looking for the actual email. Uh, it was in front of me, and now it's gone. What does she say? We'll be with you while you wait, Rebecca. Yeah. Rebecca I think right? we should just hang on. Whoever's next can just wait. It can can wait. Okay, here it is. Sorry. Taxi cab confessions Uh, can wait. Elon Musk on the verge of buying Twitter. Are you troubled by Elon Musk's eminent purchase of Twitter? I'm not thrilled with the idea, but I could be overreacting after all. I wanted to leave Facebook when all the scandals broke out, but never did. I guess we've covered that, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We are concerned. Thanks for making me get that email out. We don't know. <laughs> Rebecca's got something to say. Free speech. Well done, Rebecca. Free speech, exactly. We're all a free speech here. Yeah, no, shut up, Sean. Sorry. Bye. Uh, we're back next week. Maybe. Are you sure? <laughs> we see every week. <laughs> you never know. I may end up in a rocket being fired at the sun between uh, now and next week. Who knows? But anyway, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Stay in touch. Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.